All right, guys, welcome to the Fight to Finish podcast. And in this episode, Cece and I share some ways that were brought up by this past weekend events, uh, 2019 Thanksgiving weekend uh, specifically. And we share some ways that help increase our situational awareness, not only as individuals, but also as a couple, especially when we go out to large sporting events or large uh, event type things where there's a mass of people um, and things to look out for. And, and these are by no means uh, things that to live by, but just some ways that we help implement in our daily routine that hopefully will benefit you guys all right so let's get right into it hello everyone welcome to another episode of fight to finish podcast (laughs) (laughs) she's fight to finish what like what context what is that uh, my name is Arnold. Oh, Ness. sorry. If you guys didn't know you were listening to a podcast, you are indeed listening to a, a podcast. <laughs> my name is Arwen S, and with me is my wife, Cece. Um, and this on this episode, uh, we want to talk about, well, the, today's date is... Uh, November 30th. November 30th, and I guess... 2019. And I guess yesterday, uh, we, we wanted to take this moment to talk about something on the news that happened and... Um, you probably know a little bit more about it, babe. Can you speak on it real quick? Oh, I actually didn't read the article, but all I know is that um, in London Bridge, there was uh, a guy that... He had attacked some people, right? Yeah, he had a knife. Um, he stabbed a few people uh, and was eventually... Uh, he was shot and killed um but some individuals that were on the bridge that saw him attacking people actually uh went after him and helped police bring him down um yeah from the video it appeared that he was running away and then that's when he was shot um by police no i don't think he was i think they were holding him down and the police came by Uh, a a a federal police had a uh a rifle or a, a weapon, and then um, took him down. Finally, he was, he was on the ground. Oh, he was on the ground. He was on the ground, and uh, the people who intervened and help helped. Um, apparently, someone had a tusk, hopefully a, a replica one or something. Wow! <laughs> and they like they like armed, someone was armed with a fire extinguisher and a replica tusk, and they took him. They helped take the dude down and subdue him. Until police could arrive, and that's when they decide. Uh, police officer, or police, who's better on anyway. The police um, uh, took a lethal force. So but today we kind of want to just talk about that as a topic, and uh, with CC's background in security, and and kind of how we operate. Um, let's talk about it. So, um, well, I think. There's always going to be individuals that are going to be out there trying to to hurt people. So, um, you know, it speaks to, and I don't, I don't know what this individual's background is, so I can't speak to that. This is why he did it, but there are definitely, um, like that mental health side of things. Sure. Sure. I think, um, um, but I think knowing that, uh, and knowing that, the resources for mental health are so limited out there that when we're going out there and going into public areas, 
um, especially uh, in big cities or big touristy areas. Uh, you just have to be a little bit more vigilant and kind of have a game plan when you're when you're leaving the house. Um, and that's not I don't think that's being paranoid. I think that's just being prepared, being prepared, <laughs> and uh, you know, just using your common sense and being like, OK, um, this is unfortunately the world that we live in. And how am I going to make sure, you know, I survive? Yeah. And, you know, um, I did a little bit of reading on it yesterday. And so, again, it don't don't take the, our accounts. Um, the information's out there. Use your information. Um, some of the articles we read is like from the BBC. Um, but apparently this individual, I'm just going to give some context. This individual had been prior, like not convicted, but like was in jail mm-hmm. and suspicion of being a terrorist in 2008 got released. I guess they have a system out there um, that releases them. He's, he's quote unquote as quoted as saying, uh, you know, I'm not a terrorist or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's one of those things where uh, it's another topic. Um, but like to your saying, you just you kind of have to go on being prepared. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, things like that happen, but it's never a guarantee. We live in a society in a world where it's never a guarantee. And a lot of people say it's a lot more dangerous to live. Some people like to think it's a lot more dangerous to live now than at any time. I actually don't. I don't agree. With I don't that. know that that's true. I don't think so either. I think that in the past there weren't as many people, and I think that now uh, with technology we hear about these stories a lot, a lot more. more. Yeah, um, I agree. I think that uh, looking at individuals, you know, I think the media does glorify these individuals that uh, that carry out these attacks, and because of that. Um, again with mental health and and people just not just being so influenced by social media that they want to be glorified in the same way and you know they don't they don't really understand what they're so doing do you think it's or, like a copycat cat kind of thing i think a or, lot of them or are they copycats. find they find the allure in being that person that's done something uh infamously right do you think there is a side to to that mental health mental component where they're just like yeah, that's me. I want, I want that to be me. Yeah, I think... And the uh, media glorifies it, in I a way. I think the media does glorify it, and I think that, unfortunately, we live in a world today where, um, you know, it's all about, I want to look really cool, and mm-hmm. and I want to make a difference, and I want to be remembered. Um, and so you see people do some really stupid things on social media, just hoping that it'll go viral. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. You'll also see... TikTok. Yeah. Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, I mean, we've Facebook. all seen dumb things. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that one that was from like way back in the day? Uh, two girls, one cup. Disgusting. Oh Jesus! Never. Jesus. That was not meant to be viral. That was like some adult thing. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, I was, never watched it. it. Oh, oh, don't. Well, I don't want to. Don't Google it. Whoever's listening that has not seen it, especially if you're a child. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. Oh. <laughs> So, but but anyway, so but what I'm saying is, um, you know, I think that we're, and I think if you guys ever want to hear about how this society is very soft, um, <laughs> check out David Goggins. But um, I do think that our society just it really American society or just society in general. I think society in general. I, I I'm going to talk about American society because I, I don't really know how it is in other countries. Sure. Um, but at least here, you know, it's a lot of like trying to make people feel good and um you know we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and and that sort of thing and 
um, instead of teaching people like, hey, you're going to be rejected. You need to work hard for, you know, for what you want. Um, Instead of leaving a positive impact in this world, people are trying to take that easy route. And I'm not saying this is true for like everyone, but I think that is part of that us glorifying these individuals that are attacking people and um you know they just they want to be remembered and i'm like there's so many other ways to be remembered like why don't you make a, a positive impact in this world to a negative one yeah that's true i think um you know i think i think i'm i shouldn't say <laughs> american society because um, who uh, it's not you said there's i don't have context i don't have i've never lived anywhere else outside of that U.S. for a significant amount of time, if any, right? <clears throat> but I think modern American society, um, especially in the media, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally, does kind of glorify uh, viralness, its clicks. And, <clears throat> and media includes um, social media as well, too, especially, um, yeah. right? It's all a lot of, a lot of things are clickbait material, right? Um, gets you to click, gets you to see, even if it's for like two seconds. Um, I used to be real good about like avoiding clickbait, but now like these days, it's just getting really hard to just like, oh crap, and then click on it. And you're like, man, you know, and I get duped. But now, I mean, that's uh, unfortunately, it's just with how we've been conditioned now to actually look and read and see and not take things for face value. Even now, like even the headlines that we're talking about on the topic we're talking about. <laughs> Right, just doing a little bit of quick research is like a lot of sensationalized headlines, right? Yeah, I think, um, and, and and the constant badgering of said headlines makes us a little soft, makes us makes a lot of people fearful, especially in the area we live. There's a lot of sorry, actually not sorry, a lot of soft people, you know. And I guess one of the things we want to talk about, or why I wanted to talk about the subject, is kind of uh, the habits that you and I, not that it's foolproof. It's gut. It, it's bound to have some a lot of failure points, but I think <clears throat> I think the system you and I implement when we go into these like high traffic areas mm-hmm. is pretty smart. Um, did you want to talk about that a little bit? Then, like well, tips that we can give people that yeah, we, so I that think, we do and implement. So, so for Thanksgiving, <clears throat> uh, we decided we were going to go do the run to feed the hungry mm-hmm. run, which is like a turkey trot. But it benefits a, a food bank. So just to give you guys context. Yeah, it benefits um, a local food bank, uh, which is awesome. Um, that's why we prefer to do that run. Because, uh, you know, you're giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. But with that, we also thought, okay, um, I think we all remember the Boston Marathon where uh, there was that bombing that happened. And this is obviously nowhere near that size. But you just never know. True. You never know what someone may be planning, um, whether it's a bombing, a shooting, a stabbing. Well, what, like I like to call this a, a match casualty. Yeah. Um, so you just, you never know what you might come across. And, you know, maybe not even that. It could even just be as simple as an earthquake. Sure. Just any, right? event, uh, any event that might cause harm. So yeah. And so, you know, we were driving and, you know, we were talking about, okay, what's, what's our extra strategy? Let's say that there's an active shooter. Right now in the U.S., active shooters, that is a very big thing right now. Um, it's like, ev- I feel like every day you're seeing at least one news, news article. Headline, something, it's yeah. like, oh, active shooter here, active shooter here, shots fired here, shots fired there. So Scared here, scared there, yeah. So um, I think that 
it was good for us to think about that as a possibility. Um, okay, you know, what's what's our strategy going to be? Well, obviously run away from wherever your, your gunshot's coming from. Try to stick together. Um, and then we had a rendezvous point. Um, if we couldn't find each other, you know, we had a plan for that. Hey, you know, how are we going to find each other? Who's going to contact who? You know, do you have your cell phone? Do I have my cell phone? Is our cell phones going to work? Um, if there's an earthquake, there's no way cell phones are going to work. The only way you're going to be able to communicate is through a uh, landline or, or radios or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, okay. If there is an earthquake, I don't know, roads might be damaged to the point where you can't drive. Okay. So then what do we do? You know, and it's about thinking, it's about asking yourself these questions and saying, what, like, what will we do? Um, because then when you get into that situation, you at least have a plan. You, you don't have to sit there and try to think on the fly. Um, one thing about survival, oh gosh, what book was it? I read this in a survival book, but they basically said that what happens when to your mind, uh, when you're in one of those fight or flight situations, uh, it goes back and it tries to think of a situation that you were in or that's similar. That's similar. So <clears throat> it's like, okay, what did I do last time to survive? Let's mm-hmm. do that again. Mm-hmm. And when you've never really thought about that or you've never run it through your mind, um, what happens is people freeze. And it's because their brain is going through the sloop trying to find a similar situation. And because there's never been a similar situation, freeze. You don't know what to do. And so um, it's actually really interesting. Uh, that the that's that's what the brain does, but um, I think that's why it's so important to really plan it out and and like visualize it in your head, like okay, this is what I'm going to do. Well, also rehearsal, right? Like um, in rehearsal. Like, I mean, I don't think you can rehearse an yeah, active shooter you, situation, you can, but you can take well, you can take classes where there's a mock worst case scenario. So just to backtrack, right? Know, there are yeah. that's true. There are classes so, that you can take. So just to backtrack a little bit, um, you know, just to simplify. Um, what CC said, and that, not that she overcomplicated, but I'm just, just the, the, the talking points is like, um, but the one thing that CC and I like to do a lot, especially when we know we're going to go into high traffic areas, whether it's like a movie theater, whether it's like a, a, an event, public, very public event, like a 5K, a 10K, a, a marathon, right? Um, CC and I will always talk about. <clears throat> worst case scenarios, right? You can call it paranoia, but we like to call it just being prepared. It's basically our flow chart, our if then, then this, if not, then that kind of scenario chart. So we talk about, um, you know, like for example, the run. Uh, I had a bag or pack with her phone and keys and whatever, and she had nothing on her. So in the event that we get split up, what is she going to do, right? <clears throat> she can obviously call her phone and I can, if, since it's going to be on me, I can, you know, uh, receive it or... Which always... I'm glad we talked that through because remember what my original plan was. Yeah, you were going to call your sister. I was going to call my sister to call Arwen to <laughs> tell him where I was. And then he's like, why don't you just call your own phone? I was like, well... <laughs> that makes sense. Well, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. But we, we talk about that. like, And then we also talk about like rendezvous point, like all. We also like to, when we enter a new building, if, especially if restaurant, someplace or a place that we know we're not going to be in for a number of hours, is look for the exit signs, mm-hmm. exit strategies. And we also position and, ourselves. And I want to, just to touch on that point, I think it's always a good idea to know your exit oh, yeah, yeah. Just in, in a restaurant 
imagine there's a fire. Everyone's going to go for the nearest exit point. They're going to mm-hmm. go for the exit point that they all know mm-hmm. is there. But if you know of all the ones that are there, mm-hmm. maybe ones that people may have overlooked, you're in a better position to survive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you hear it all the time on the plane, you know, look, please look around you for the nearest exit and one might be behind you. Right? Yeah. Like it's you true. just, you just never know. So just walking in and just taking an assessment of the, what's going of on. Of your environment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like two minutes. I mean, you can even do it as like, I got to go to a restroom real quick. Oftentimes our restroom is near an exit, an exit point. point, you know, and it, it's just as simple as that. Just make it part of your routine. That's something CC and I always usually do. Uh, but, to cap this portion off but with the, the, the run, you know, we we often, like, we'll go over, you get split up. Uh, and number one, you know, we try to stick together as much as we can. If we do split up, what does that mean? Where do we go? Where do we rendezvous? Um, don't be a hero unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, but for the most part, don't be a hero, you know. Well, just keep in mind, heroes sometimes die. Sure, absolutely. And it's not saying that, um, you know, don't, don't like leave everybody behind, but I just think, you know, just be conscious of that, right? Always worry about number one first, and that's you and your loved one. Right? Yeah. And I mean, I think it's about um, just remembering, like, just don't go into it thinking that you're going to come out alive. That's basically what I'm sure. saying. It's sure. always. You have good intentions. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, Plan for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we, we, we constantly do that. Like, so for the run, we were thinking about different scenarios, where to meet. Um, we also have fail safes for in the event of an earthquake or a natural disaster, right? Um, and it's not like we rehearse those all the time. It's just at least we have some sort of baseline, right? Expectation for each of us, you know? You know when we travel abroad or travel on a big trip, uh, we do. We don't have it to a T, but we have general understandings of uh, if something fails, something happens. We know where to meet, what to see, uh, who to see, who to contact if you know something we're in trouble or something like that. Like this last trip that we went on, we we had a pretty good emergency plan, right? Yeah. We hope to never use it, but we have it both an understanding, right? And um, you know, in cases like this, right? I think, uh, fantastic job by the bystanders for stepping in and assisting. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, like things could have been a lot worse had they not stepped in. True. And, you know, you, you increase your survivability um, by being just prepared and conscious. And, you know, um, some tips that Cece and I do all the time, we're just, we like to, uh, it's something probably from that we take from our, our Goruk days. At least I do. We play those uh, Kim games where you're, uh, constantly just observing and looking and uh, sometimes when we're walking um i'll find something and say hey what was the color was that car two blocks and we'll try to play a guessing game we make a game out of it you know or cc and i were like hey do you see the guy at the 12 o'clock and we'll just try to you know make our everyday actions kind of a preparedness drill <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking at Something's bothering I'm looking at you. Oh, I thought you were looking <laughs> at something. Oh, no. I mean, I'm looking at the car driving oh. by. I just want to make sure. I'm yeah. Gonna... But yeah, like, you know, that, that that's something that we we try to um, we implement in our everyday lives is just be prepared. And, and we make it a game amongst ourselves to, like, just uh, just be vigilant, 
of the surroundings of our exit points. Um, and we have pretty, what I like to call soft strategies going into major events. Um, you know, one thing, uh, the one thing I, I took, and take classes if you can, right? I think Cece takes a lot of, the, fortunately for her, her job uh, has opportunities and they do drills for, for some, um, you know, disaster scenarios would you say that yeah and you guys i mean do we that. have plans for everything yeah but you guys have you do guys do that on a regular basis in terms of training right like in terms of like mock scenarios yeah some i mean you have to remember we're a 24 7 operation mm, so sure. like the team itself does drills um that doesn't necessarily mean everyone will sure sure sure, sure 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 um, you know um but yeah, I think everyone is at least somewhat fairly comfortable with what they have to do in the event of an emergency. Mm-hmm. I, I think some scenarios are more common than others, um, but yeah, uh, I think so far, yeah, we've done a pretty good job of responding to incidents. And yeah, I mean, you learn from your mistakes and you move on. Sure. Um, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's a couple of years now. A couple of years ago, I took a, a, a what what they deemed as a mass casualty event um, training seminar. Training it was like half a day course of uh, through fieldcraft survival um, by uh, Mike Glover, special operations or yeah, Green Beret. Um, but he was running a course, um, half day course on just uh, it was portion of it was hand to hand, portion of it was like classroom and. Uh, another portion was like live drills where we had like a mock house where we had to kind of drill. And I think that that really helped in terms of preparedness. Question. Was this before or after you started uh, jujitsu? Uh, before. Way before. Um, actually, Mike said he was a uh, portion of the class um, was that you're uh, a purple belt or portion. Of, he was a purple belt. Portion of the class was the hand to hand skills. And during the mock mock uh, scenario, you actually had to fight him a little bit. So I learned technically my first jujitsu move in that class, which was a. How did that feel? You know, not having any uh, formal training in jujitsu. Oh, in up that, to that, that point. point, and then walking into that fight. Prior to that, I thought I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna stop you, dude. I can take down anybody." Like, yeah, you know, like I could just bum rush, tackle dude. It, it doesn't take much, right? And then going into, that was a wake-up call, I think, big time. Like, uh, we were drilling, well, we called jujitsu not drilling, uh, the move over and over again. And the, the dude was, like, skinnier than me. And I was like, whoa. And then the actual scenario portion was, like, it was a eye-opener. It was like I was like, oh, I'm really super vulnerable, super not as strong as I thought I was. Uh, or it's not that you weren't as strong. I think it was more that he had better technique. True, and true, true. technique will always win over strength. What, 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 what I'm saying is, like during the time, I was like, I, I didn't know what technique was. I didn't know that that mattered. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying at the time, it was. Oh, uh, you thought it was strength. It was strength. You know, I thought it was strength, and it was like eye opening for me to find out, like. I'm I'm way too vulnerable. I am way more susceptible to attacks. 
right? Right. Like I can't just like, oh yeah, I could just you know sneak around the corner and bum rush the attacker right. or whoever the 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 suspect or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's a, such a different game when you're. It's not a game. It's a, such a different mindset when you're fighting for your life, right? And you, things don't make sense. There's not some the fight. Like you're talking about fight or flight. People react differently. The more prepared you are, the better survivability you'll have. Preparedness. Question. Sure. I didn't take the class. Was it like MMA style where you could actually punch strike him? or was it only jujitsu? It was only just grappling, right? Uh, because not everybody was at the same level. So obviously it's not going to, you know, um, but it was, okay, I'll tell you what it was. It was basically a, a disarm. Um, and then if you needed to choke person out, a basic choke. And then another portion was uh, a shoot house scenario. So what a shoot house was, is like you had a mock house and let's say you're sitting down and then something happens and you happen to have your gun or a weapon on you. How do you survive? How do you evade? How do you escape? Right. Much of the class and much of the takeaways I took from that class was like, hey, if something's going down, don't go look for it. Let's just say, uh, what, you know, let's say one of the scenarios was like, you're in your school, you're in your classroom, something goes down. Do you stay in place? Which oftentimes people want to do stay in place. And some schools actually say stay in place. Right. You're shelter in place. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, Mike, at least during the t- that time, his, his thought process was don't shelter in place. Like if you can right. leave, right? If you can't, obviously if the, the dude's like at the door, don't try to leave. Like when it's a pro, if you can assess your situation, assess your situation. If you can leave immediately, leave immediately. If you can't, just leave at appropriate time. And when that time is appropriate, it really depends on your situation, right? Um, and he was just giving us a bunch of scenarios over just how to be safe. And again, it goes back to numero uno: worry about yourself and your family. You know, don't go be look. Don't go be like you were saying. Don't. Try to be a hero. If you have an opportunity to to help somebody, yeah, help them. But do realize there are some consequences that may potentially come with that. Yeah. Right? It sounds wrong, but at the end of the day, you have to worry about number one, and that's you. And you increase your survivability when you worry about yourself. Right? Yeah. And, you know, those people on the London Bridge, they were worrying about other people, and thank God for, for individuals like that. But they probably saw an opportunity when they could, subdue or you know take advantage of the person the suspects and it absolutely helped that there was more than one person trying to absolutely take this rather than just one and it's and it sucks when there's one person that and a shit ton of bystanders right like not yeah. doing anything right it has to be the people that yeah. and i think so it was funny because when i was in college uh it was during my psychology course um and i am by no means <laughs> um an expert in psychology yeah uh but it was during my psychology class and the professor asked us uh, if you were being, I don't know if he said if you were being attacked or but if you were in a situation where you needed help, like you were being mugged or robbed or something, um, and you're out in the middle of the street, how many people uh, do you think will come to your aid? Mm. And I was raised very differently from a lot of people my dad always told me um don't ever expect anyone to help you 
But that was his mentality and his upbringing that, right. that influenced that. Yeah. Based off of his like upbringing, his time in the military, in the, um, in the Argentine the military. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just his life experiences, he always said, uh, don't ever expect anyone to help you. You're on your own. Sure. And so the professor asked us, how many people do you think will come to your aid? And uh, I said, zero. <laughs> and there was a girl sitting next to me, poor girl. Uh, she's like, oh, I think everyone, you know, I just scream for help and everyone's going to jump in to help me out. And the professor said, nope, the correct answer is zero. Expect zero people to help you um, because they're, it's about survival. Mm-hmm. And your natural instinct is to survive. That's mm-hmm. how our bodies are. That's why humans mm-hmm. have lived as long as we have. Um, and so uh, I, I think keeping that in mind, hopefully there will be someone there that helps you. But That's just best case scenario. Yeah. Like, you know, I hope that there's always someone there to help out. Right. But don't ever expect anyone else to step in and help you out. Yeah. You, you should be able to help yourself. Yeah, and, and you know, there's that 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 saying. It's an apparel company now, but it, it's a saying. It's like no one's coming. It's up to us, right? Like it's up to you to to make sure you survive. It's up to you to make sure um, that you you are prepared. You know, it's up to you, numero uno. You know, and and having that expectation, I think people these days, especially, have an expectation like someone's going to help them, and um, I think that's the wrong mentality. Yeah. I think so too. I think know how to save yourself. Be your own hero. Sure, and 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 you know, again, if it's anything you take away from this this episode, was just make it a habit to be prepared. Whether it's taking one class, eh, whether it's starting with a class that you take, or it's it's implementing a soft system. I say soft because if you want to do a a, a hard system where it's like your your like uber prepared preparedness guy you know you could do that or you can do like what i would suggest with like cc and i do like a soft system where it's like just talk about it talk about it before you go to this high traffic area or talk about it uh as you're going in just have some sort of baseline or um even better make it a game between you and your significant other and your family you know especially to just say hey you know what color, what was on that license plate behind us, right? And so without looking or what color was that guy's t-shirt? You know, those types of implementations of like just being aware, head on swivel, looking where your hard exit points, soft exit points are. Like I just think like making a habit out of your daily routine just makes it, uh, just makes you a lot more prepared, right? I think like that you're like your dad and implementing that into your yeah, I mean, growing up, he used to always do that to us, um, you know, playing those games. And, like, man, I hated it as a kid. I hated it as a kid. I was like, yeah, this is so stupid. Yeah, but now as an adult. But now I'm like, God, he was a genius. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, um, like these these things, when I, prior to us really dating and get CC and I getting to know each other, I think we really saw a lot of, like, hey, we, we think the same in the sense of, like, we... We position ourselves in a public area just very strategically so that we can kind of see every everything. We look for exit points. And we do, were doing this before we really, like, got into a relationship, right, with each other. We were just yeah. – so we found that as it made it easier for us as we became a couple or, you know, started dating more and more, saw each other more, where it's like we just knew, like, 
she knows that I want to look at an exit or I want to see where people come in. And I know that when she's going to the restroom, she's also looking at the exit points and she's going to quiz me later where the exit point is. Well, it's funny because, uh, gosh, where were we? We were in a restaurant getting breakfast and I was like, man, like when we were leaving, I was like, hey, there's a door right there. And you're like, yeah. And I was like, dude, I did not see that door inside. And it's true. We went, we later went back to that restaurant, remember? And at specialties. And I oh, right by pointed the, it out and I thought it was a window and oh. I did not see it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is hidden. Like mm-hmm. you don't see that door. That corner. It's that corner to the street. Yeah. It's yeah. like this hidden little door. Um, but always looking for those exit points. Like when I left, I was like, I got to look for that door next time because yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's obviously an exit point there. I just don't know. Like, how do I get to it? Yeah. Especially too, if it's a place that you're, you frequent or, yeah. you know, like let's just say it's a Starbucks, right? Like the problem I have with our local Starbucks is like, there's only one hard exit point. Yeah. And that's, that's, that makes it, that's, you know, that's why when we go in there, at least if we were going to stay in there, we're, we're near the exit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but see, see stuff like that. Like, uh, I think that comes naturally to us now, just because we've been implemented into our daily routine. I think, you know, if it's again, it just make it a part of, make it a habit out of your system, whether with you and your significant other. It'd be great if your significant other is on board too, right? It makes it significantly easier to yeah, family, friends, whatever. Yeah, you know, you know, but uh, make it a habit for everybody in the family or everybody. That you're close with um you know i think uh you know visiting uh, my brother my brother's home security system is is um not like a brink security system but it's as prepared as it it can be for a home a new homeowner right like it's it's pretty advanced but you know i think the one takeaway i talked with cc was like you know if we were to have a system like that we were also we would also have a hard system too not a like, completely electronic it'd be like there's a fail safe to the electronic system as well too, right? I think um, the more you can implement a fail safe to, to stuff like that, you know, just be prepared. You know, there's there's different levels to just being prepared. I think a lot, far too many people are just underprepared. I think you might see it a lot more often now that you're in security, huh? Um, it's just people weren't raised to think that way. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, when I'm telling them things, they're just like, oh my gosh, like this makes so much sense. And it's just because, um, I don't know, like these, this is the stuff that you learn in school. You don't learn the stuff yeah, in school. That's true. I mean, I did in Utah. I think that's one thing that mm. the public school system, like we did drills. We drilled active shooter situations. Really? We drilled earthquakes. We drilled bombs f- falling from the sky. Like we drilled that in elementary school. I mean, I don't know if they still do that now. In the nineties? In the nineties in Utah? Yeah. That's crazy. We did those oh, drills. Did earthquake. Oh, you did earthquake. No, as a kid. We did those drills. Of course, bombs falling from the sky, we hid under our desk and like <laughs> I would die. <laughs> don't know why that special, was like special I mean I guess, they're just I, like stay away from the windows and I'm like, okay, well if a bomb's gonna explode. Did, and I remember where did sitting, you grow up the fifties, the forties? No, and, and I remember like well, we didn't have like underground shelters. <laughs> like I know, but like I thought that that was all gone with the the Oh no, maybe in the Cold War, I guess, yeah. Um but I just remember like I'm sitting like under this desk and I'm like glass in my eye i was like isn't the bomb gonna explode me first <laughs> like i just remember being a kid sitting there being like i don't think i was like how like how indestructive is this desk right now like 
I don't know. They seem to break a lot. They tell us we can't le- lean back on our chairs. But side note: Did you have the cubbyhole desk or the desk where like you could flip up and then your? your it stomach? was the one where it flips up. Mm, yeah. I remember that was an upgrade. So like first and second grade, you just had the cubbyhole desk, and then like third graders, like the ballers with the with the desk with that just had the storage, <laughs> and that was dope. I remember like yeah, it's my desk. Like and then if you if you like switch seats or whatever with people, and I was like, I wonder what Billy. Oh yeah, you're like, oh. damn, we got hella That's pencils. where my crayon went. Yeah, that's where his pencils are. Damn. Um, okay, we're wrapping up to, to to forty minutes. Let's maybe let's um, let's recap and then we can call it an episode. So uh, I think you know, uh, again in this episode we talked about the the London attack that just happened recently. Um, today is November thirtieth, so to give people context, if they want to look it up in fu- in the future. Um, so how to increase your survivability, uh, mass casualty events, how we implement it in our daily lives um, with just being prepared, knowing, having a soft, even at bare minimum, a soft system to to be conscious of different scenarios that may happen and um, how we've implemented in our lives. Any final thoughts? Uh, do your research. Take classes. Take and drill, it. and drill. You know what? Have fun with it. Honestly, have fun with it. It can be fun. Play those games. Yeah, I think so. Especially with your kids. Yeah, yeah, especially with your kids. They'll have fun. They'll enjoy it. <laughs> especially if you had a prize at the end. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fight to Finish podcast. Um, if this is your first time listening, if you listen this whole time, thank you very much. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, and Overcast. Well, apparently we need to be on Stitcher, so I will. I know we got in multiple requests yeah, for Stitcher, for Stitcher. Wow. so I guess Stitcher, yeah. uh, we're coming for we're you. We're coming for <laughs> you. Uh, we'll, we'll be on Google Play, but hit that uh, subscribe button and uh, join and us eventually on- uh, we'll get an Instagram. You guys can also follow. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye.